Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. And once again, it is the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Happy St. Patrick's Day. I am so glad to be here on this Thursday, the first day of the round of 64 in the NCAA tournament. We got tournament games going on all day today and tomorrow. I have a very great show because I have a special guest. Now, I've swapped my guest. He was supposed to be on Friday, Justin Dale is going to be on the show today. Tomorrow, I'm scheduled to have Sidney Vadney and Jay Krupp. So I've swapped the guests. So let me tell you a little bit about Justin Dale. He's from Marietta, Georgia. I knew him when I moved to Atlanta in 2006. And of course, I moved away in 2015. Known this guy for a while. He actually was at Freed Hardman with me when I came back the second time and happened to be in one of my classes. And uh, lo and behold, I Saw him at church one morning and was like, hey, didn't you go to Freed Harbin? He's a, a very well-known person in my family and in church and such a great all-around guy and a passionate Atlanta sports fan. So we are going to talk everything Braves. So we have a great show for you. We had a crazy playing game last night, double overtime. Notre Dame takes down Rutgers and they will face Alabama next in, in the second round of the NCAA tournament, which means rematch of the 2013 national championship ah, just kidding that was football but Notre Dame and Alabama taking on each other in basketball that is going to be fun I still think that I'm changing my mind I think Notre Dame is going to beat Alabama I picked in my bracket I didn't choose any of the playing games For some reason I picked a bracket that would not allow you to pick the playing games but I think that the momentum is going to carry Notre Dame to beat Alabama in the second round. Word came down late last night. It is official. The Dodgers signed Freddie Freeman to a six-year, $160 million deal, and it was inevitable, especially when the Braves signed Matt Olson. I just can't imagine Freddie Freeman in Dodger blue. He is a Brave for life. I feel that he should get a standing ovation every time he comes back to Atlanta. They should retire his number. That that Danby Sponson is actually suggesting that the Braves retire his number. We had moves all around baseball last night. The Braves did re-up former NLS MVP Eddie Rosario. Uh, he was a huge contributor to the Atlanta Braves. Welcome him back. You can't keep everybody. Jock Peterson has signed with the Giants. Happy for me. Sad for Braves fans. We'll discuss it with Justin because he is a huge Braves fan. I'm going to ask him how does he feel about all these moves because the Braves signed Colin McHugh. So they've they beefed up their rotation, and, and the Braves still look like a very talented team going into the 2022 season. I wonder what the baseball writers are going to pick the Braves to finish this year because last year they picked him to finish fourth behind the Phillies, Mets, and Nationals, and they turned around and won a World Series. This is for real. This is not a drill. The Atlanta Falcons are talking with Deshaun Watson. They want to make this happen. And if you are a Matt Ryan fan, which I am, 
I followed Matt Ryan, and he has been a staple in the Atlanta community. He's been the best quarterback to ever play for the Atlanta Falcons. But if you have a chance to get Deshaun Watson, you take it. You give the Houston Texans whatever they want. Get Deshaun Watson here in Atlanta. He is a hometown guy, and there's talks that wide receivers like Will Fuller, Jarvis Landry, and I've even thrown the idea of Julio Jones coming back to Atlanta after the Tennessee Titans released him. Get Deshaun Watson here in Atlanta. Let's get a superstar. And if anything, if you sign Deshaun Watson, you take him away from either the Saints or the Panthers because they're both talking to Deshaun Watson. There are three teams besides the Falcons in the running for Deshaun Watson. One has included the Cleveland Browns. So you got the Browns, Panthers, and Saints also talking to Deshaun Watson. And they even threw out the 49ers, which is odd because they still have Jimmy Garoppolo and they have Trey Lance. It's odd that the 49ers have not shipped off Jimmy Garoppolo yet. I think they will wait until training camp. All the cards are on the table and they have all the leverage. So Jimmy G is probably going to stay in San Francisco up until training camp. I'd like to see him play for San Francisco one more year. I don't know what this 49ers team is going to look like with Lakin Tomlinson and Tom Compton leaving. It's do or die time for Aaron Banks. They picked him in the second round last year. He needs to be the starter. They shipped off Raheem Mostert to the Miami Dolphins. And of course, DJ Jones is now with the Denver Broncos. So back to baseball, because I'm a San Francisco Giants fan. We're going to talk about that big series. You know, Justin is a lifelong Braves fan. He goes to just about every Braves game. I think he's got season tickets. I try to make it to a Braves game anytime they play the Giants. They play the Giants in a four-game series, June the 20th to the 23rd. It's a Monday through Thursday. Oh, yeah, I'm going to try to make it to either that Monday or Tuesday game. That Thursday game is an afternoon game. I actually went to a Giants-Braves game where it was an afternoon game. We went last year. It was on a Sunday. It was an afternoon game, and it was fun. And both teams were in first place. You know, the Giants are trying to build off their success. They won 107 games last year. But I'm sad as a Giants fan because Chris Bryant is now with the Colorado Rockies. His time in San Francisco was very short-lived. But they still have Logan Webb. They still have Doral. I think Doral's going to be a great closer. And, of course, Joey Bart taking over the realms for veteran catcher Buster Posey that retired. Last night in college basketball, we had a crazy play-in game. Well, the first play-in game, Wright State beat Bryant 93-82. You had Notre Dame beating Rutgers 89-87 in double overtime. Notre Dame will take on Alabama in the round of 64 in the second round. NBA last night, there is something wrong with the Atlanta Hawks when Trey Young has a cold night shooting. He was 3-12, only had 9 points. The Charlotte Hornets beat the Hawks 116 to 106, and the Hawks just can't quite get over the hump. They are one game under 500. You also had the Celtics destroying the Warriors, and Steph Curry, he injures his left foot. The Celtics is one of the hottest teams in the NBA, and if the Warriors don't have Steph Curry, well, that's a wrap. He is their MVP. The Warriors cannot win without Steph Curry, so hopefully the MRI is good. We'll get into detail about the Lakers and how they are a joke. The Nets actually lost to the Dallas Mavericks, 113-111. to And of course, you know, they didn't have Kyrie Irving. That is the difference. If Brooklyn has a healthy Kyrie and a healthy KD, they are capable of beating anybody. So really, the most important person in the league right now is the New York mayor if he lifts the mask mandate. 
Because I think Brooklyn is unstoppable on the road if Kyrie is playing. But if you get Kyrie and KD at home, I think the Brooklyn Nets become the odds-on favorite to win the NBA title. And that includes beating the Phoenix Suns in the NBA Finals. I think that Brooklyn can go toe-to-toe with just about any team in the NBA. Because KD and Kyrie Irving are special. You have your rim protector, Andre Drummond, and you have your three-point specialist, Seth Curry. It doesn't even matter if Ben Simmons suits up for Brooklyn. Brooklyn could actually win without him. That's how dangerous the Brooklyn Nets are with a healthy KD and Kyrie. Now let's talk about the Lakers, because even when a healthy AD comes back, I think this Russell Westbrook experiment has been a disaster. You know, they put up the stats between Russell Westbrook and Kyle Kuzma. That was one of the three players that the Lakers shipped off to Washington for Russell Westbrook. Kyle Kuzma has exactly the same amount of stats as Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is only averaging seven assists, seven rebounds, and 17 points a game. He's having his worst career other than his rookie season. Russell Westbrook is having his worst season as an NBA player. LeBron is doing it all by himself. He cannot carry this team. This team has no depth. It got me to think. I looked back at the history of the Lakers. Before LeBron got there, they hadn't made the playoffs since 2013. LeBron comes in his first year, plays with Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball. They miss out on the playoffs. Then the blockbuster trade, they trade away Ingram, Lonzo Ball to get Anthony Davis. The Lakers had a great regular season. Then COVID hit. They go into the bubble after taking a four-month break. You give two veteran players like Anthony Davis and LeBron James a four-month break. The Lakers got all the breaks, and they won the title in the bubble because the Miami Heat were hobbled with Bam Adebayo, Gordon Dragic, and Jimmy Butler. The Lakers also took advantage of the dysfunction from the Los Angeles Clippers because I think if the Lakers met the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals, I think the Clippers could have gave the Lakers a, a series because Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. I thought that the Clippers had more depth than the Lakers. You take LeBron off the Lakers... This team has been a train wreck for the past 10 years. They don't have a true GM. Rob Polinka is a sports agent. He's not a GM. I know that they are trying to reach out to former GMs, Jerry West as a consultant, and they had Magic Johnson as a consultant. You know, I'm fascinated by that TV series on HBO Max, the Showtime about Dr. Jerry Buss. And unfortunately, sadly, he passed away. His daughter, Jeannie Buss, She's reaching out to Phil Jackson as a consultant. And the Lakers, as a brand, they're not well-run. They're not a very well-run organization. On the flip side, you look at the other name brand in the NBA, the Boston Celtics. They're run very well. They have, I would say Jason Tatum is a top-five player, but they don't have the superstars like they had with the big three with Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce. But the Boston Celtics are run very well. They know how to get talent. The Lakers, eh, not so much. As many of you know, I'm also the color commentator for the Columbus Lions. We debuted our first podcast called The Lions Den. It's a podcast dedicated to the Columbus Lions season. That's the indoor football team in Columbus, Georgia. It's a great time to be in Columbus because we have four professional sports teams. I actually am part of the broadcast team with the play-by-play announcer, Jared Dillard. Jared and I did the podcast yesterday, and head coach Jason Gibson was the first guest on the show. Thought it went well. You could check it out. It's about 15 minutes long. 
The next guest that we're going to have on the podcast is Columbus Lions quarterback Mason Espinoza. I'm excited. I've been talking to this guy. So my goal of getting four professional athletes that live in Columbus, so far so good. I got three out of four. If Mason agrees to be on the podcast, that's the third one. Olivia Gerald has agreed to be on the podcast. I've gotten Casey Hall on the podcast for the Columbus Rapids Weekly. And then tomorrow I'm going to have Columbus Rapids defender Sidney Vadney and Columbus River Dragons forward Jay Krupp. And I'm really fascinated because Jay just seems like a great guy and just want to talk about his hockey background and how he got his start. So that leaves one position left come baseball season, June the 4th, when the Columbus Chattahoots take on the Chocolaca Monsters. I'm going to reach out to one of the Columbus Chattahoots baseball players, and I would love to get one of the Chattahoots on the podcast. That would be my 4 for 4 getting four professional athletes that play in the city of Columbus on the podcast. And of course, I have big things going on with this podcast. Without being said, I think it is time to bring Justin Dale on the show. This will be his debut on the Sports Beat. I'm excited. Hopefully, I can have him back as the Braves contributor. And really, just a he's not just a Braves fan. He's a Georgia fan. Georgia sports all the way through. Bulldogs, Braves, Falcons, Hawks, Atlanta United, We could even talk about the Atlanta Thrashers. I know they left in 2011. I'm sure he was a Thrashers fan. But yeah, Justin Dale is a Georgia sports fan. I'm so excited that I have a Georgia sports fan on the podcast. Now, my other guests are from Tennessee and North Carolina, and I have a guest from Virginia, and I have a guest from New Mexico, but I'm so happy that I finally have a Georgia sports fan on the podcast, and we are going to talk everything Atlanta Braves and throw in some Falcons and Georgia and all that. It is a great time to be a Georgia sports fan with Georgia winning a national championship. Of course, we got the G-Day game coming up. I'm excited about that. I'm excited about these spring games coming up for college football and not just college football, but high school football as well. As many of you know, I'm the public address announcer for Russell County football, and I will be calling the spring game May the 20th. I am excited about that. They're going to have a great team. They finished six and four last year. Head coach Dylan Griggs has got some big things planned for the Russell County football team. I cannot wait to call the second season in the fall. All right, so we'll be back with Justin. Welcome back to the show. I've got making his debut on the sports beat, lifelong Atlanta Braves fan, not just Braves, but Georgia, Hawks, Falcons, Atlanta United. I'm so glad to get Justin Dale on the show. Justin, it's a funny story how we met because you were also at Freed Harmon. I actually returned to Freed Harmon. I was an older student and you were in my class. And by this time, my family already established themselves. They've already moved to Georgia. I didn't quite move to Georgia yet, but I found out that you were from Georgia when I saw you at church when I finally moved to Georgia in 2006. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, we went, yeah, we went to free together and I, you know, it was, those are really fond memories of mine going to, going to the school there. And, um, yeah, we had met in class. Um, you know, I, I knew you cause you were in, we were in class together and stuff. And, um, I knew you had a, you, you had a passion for sports. Um, even back then, um, you used to go to a lot of the sporting events and, and, uh, watch a lot of the, you know, the, we didn't have football at free Hardman, but we, we'd watch basketball was the big thing there. And so we, you know, watch the, 
you know, the men's and women's basketball games and um and yeah then you i came to church and you were there and i was like oh i was like oh so you're you're, you're living here in georgia too and so small world yeah it was a very, very small world um but yeah it's it's been that way sometimes you run into those old freedies and um you know just in random places at church or wherever and uh it's a uh you know it's kind of a small world when you do so but i, I appreciate you having me on the podcast i appreciate you asking me uh and I, I am an atlanta native i was born here um baseball was my first love as a kid. Um, the Braves were, were part of that. Um, I, I watched those nineties teams, you know, I was, I was young and didn't have the full appreciation for them as maybe, you know, as I do now looking back at them, but I mean, those teams were so good back in the nineties, um, watching Maddox, Glavin and Smoltz pitch, you know, day in and day out, um, seeing Chipper, watching him through his whole career, um, I was I was 10 years old when the Braves won the World Series in 95. I still remember that night pretty vividly. Um, oh, yeah. I, had a, um, I had a 9 p.m. bedtime usually during the week, and I think game six was a weekday game because um, I was supposed to go to bed. But I, I begged my parents to stay up so I could watch the game if they won, and they they agreed as long as I, you know, got myself ready for bed during the commercial breaks. And um, so I got to stay up and watch the game. I got to see the final out and see them celebrate on the field for about 10 minutes before I was swiftly ushered off to bed. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it was, that was a fun moment. Um, it was one of the few great moments we've had in Atlanta sports history. Most of the history yeah. is full of uh, some misery, but um, you know, these last three, you know, four or five, five months now, um, with the Braves winning the World Series and, and and Georgia winning the national championship in January, it's been it's been good, man. We we are all still oh, yeah. on cloud nine. <laughs> so. It's been great. Let's talk about it. Let's fast forward all the way to 2021. Mm-hmm. I want to know what was going through your mind in July of last year. Ronald Acuna gets injured; he's out for the season. I don't know what I, I was. I was thinking the same thing. I, were you thinking that it, it's over, season over? There, there's no shot. We're not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, you know, 2021 is a tell of two halves for the Braves. And the first half had anything that could have went wrong did go wrong. You know, it started with the All-Star game getting moved out of Atlanta on the second game of the season. And the injuries just started piling up. Travis Darno got hurt. Marcelo Zuna got hurt. And then he had his off-the-field off off issues as well. And, you know, I, I'm a pretty optimistic fan <laughs> for the most part. I try to keep positive and I try to, I really believed, I said, oh, at some point we're going to turn this around. But when Ronald Acuna got hurt and I was watching that game, it was a, I believe it was a Saturday game. It was right before the all-star break. And I was watching that game. I saw him make that leap trying to catch the ball. And then he came down and he never got up. And I was like, Oh, this is, this is not good. You know? And he had to be carted off the field. He was in tears and, I'm with you. Like I was at that point, that was kind of the point where I was like, I just don't think this is, we're going to do it this year. I mean, Acuna had been one of the more consistent players for the first half for us. Um, We had, you know, we were still under 500, but the reason we were even still within striking distance at first, I felt like was because of Ronald Acuna Jr.'s play. And with him out, I was, there was, who was going to replace that production? So exactly. it It was definitely very, um, it was very sobering and um, it was kind of one of those things where reality hits you in the face and you start to think, well, maybe, maybe this just isn't the year. Well, it, it wasn't just the Acuna injury because there was a setback with our ace, uh, Mike Soroka. And I say R because I, I'm a secondary Braves fan. You know me, Justin, I'm a life on giants fan. Mm-hmm. I moved to Atlanta in 2006. 
I used to not like the Braves as a kid because they were always winning. I mean, they were always on TBS. But when I moved to Atlanta in 2006, I started adopting the Braves as the secondary team, going to Braves games. Of course, you know, I try to go to every Giants-Braves game. So, yes, I, I'm a fan of the Braves. I love the Braves, but, you know, you always you, you always root for the team you grew up living in. And, you know, I, I'm a lifelong Giants fan. But the Braves had a setback with Mike Soroka. I mean, they're starting pitcher, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know when he's going to be ready, but hats off to general manager Alex Anthopoulos for pulling the trigger right before the trade deadline by getting Jock Peterson, Jorge Soler, Eddie Rosario. You know, the, the Braves started clicking. Travis Darno comes back from that injury. Austin Riley has such a hot second half of that season. He was pretty much the best hitter in baseball. And the Braves had to had to come back from the Phillies. The Phillies had that lead in the NL East, and the Braves were able to topple the Phillies. I think they had a series where they swept them. They took the lead, and then the Braves sneak into the playoffs. I, I feel like they snuck, they snuck into the playoffs. Nobody gave them a chance. But what was going through your mind when the Braves finally got into the playoffs? They got their bullpen right with Tyler Matzik and Will Smith night in and night out what was going through your mind well yeah it was the second half was an absolute incredible turnaround um and it, you know just watching them in the second half of the season really starting about august you could just see the swagger had come back finally the swagger they had had as a team in 2020 and even 2019 it finally showed up and they were playing their best ball um, they had all season. And uh, so, yeah, it was it was it was fun turnaround. Um, those those players you mentioned that we got were such an injection into the team. You know, Jock Jock brings a lot to the clubhouse. Um, Eddie Rosario was hurt when we traded for him. He was out for another three weeks before he made his Braves debut. And he had a great hit for the cycle, you know, had a great second half, but um, the playoffs, you know, getting in, I was there for the game they played against the Phillies when they clinched the division. And that was such a emotional night, even for me as a fan, because it just, I mean, we had won the division four years in a row, but that one just felt so much sweeter given how much adversity this team had had to overcome and to be standing there again as, as division champions getting into the postseason. Um, yeah, we, we didn't get a lot of respect coming in. Nobody gave us a chance They you know, we won 88 games. Um, we were in a, the division itself was down for the most part. And so, um, you know, the Dodgers had won 106 games and the Giants had won, I think 107, um, yeah. games. And so, you know, the West was really good. And so a lot of people thought that, you know, the, the NL champion would have just come out of the West eventually. And, uh, you know, getting in against that series against the Brewers, uh, we had played, the Brewers, I think we had maybe played 500 against them in the two series we played. I can't remember either two, two and four, three and three. Um, but they had a good team and um, we just played really good in that series. Um, it was, we had some key hits. Jock hit that, you know, we finally got our, we got our first taste of Jocktober, which was fun. Um, he hit that three run homer in game three uh, against the Brewers and uh, Freddie's, um, Freddie's go-ahead home run in the eighth inning um, that clinched it for us was um, absolutely amazing. Uh, I was at that game too, and we clinched and went to the NLCS. But you know, it was it was a fun ride uh, going through that postseason. But I, I'm not going to lie when we when we went up three games to one again against the Dodgers, you know, it felt a lot like the year before. You know, and yeah, it did. It, you start getting that deja vu of okay, you know, we're right here, we're right, we're right back where we were a year ago. Can we can we do it this time? You know, and 
as a fan base, you do. I mean, we've had so much disappointment. You start getting, you know, you get you get a little nervous. You get a little scared. Um, but that that game six, Tyler Mazik, man, let me talk about him for just a second. Wow, I Tyler Mazik. Um, you know, I was I didn't I hadn't really heard of Tyler Mazik before he came to the Braves in 2020. I was impressed with how he pitched in 2020 for the Braves. Um, he had a little bit rough of, of a start, uh, like like a lot of the Braves did in the first half. But he really got it right in the postseason, and he just became this weapon. Um, and you knew when he was coming out of that bullpen, they were not going to score any runs against you. And him coming in in, in the seventh inning, uh, you're you're only up by two. The Dodgers have runners on second and third. There's nobody out. And he comes in and strikes out. Albert Pujols, a future Hall of Famer, um, suits a junior who was pinch hitting for the pitcher at that spot, and then three straight fastball strikes out, former MVP, Mookie Betts. I mean, that's wow. just as big as you can get. And I, as a fan, I was, I mean, I was here at my house and every, every strikeout, I just got more and more excited, um, was screaming to the top of my lungs. Um, it was just a really exciting moment. And, and I think after that, when we got through that jam, I mean, I know we still had two innings left, but it, I just felt like, okay, we got this. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to complete the deal. We're going to beat the Dodgers. We're going to finally get back to the world series. And, um, and yeah, it just was a, I mean, magical is the best way to, to describe it. It was a magical postseason run. It was super exciting. It was exciting to see what, uh, it did for the city, how excited everybody was around here, um, how much they were, you know, that we, we love this team. We embraced it. Um, everybody was wearing pearls, you know, I mean, I don't think I've seen so many grown men wearing pearls in my life, <laughs> but it was, it was fun, man. It was a fun ride. I did love the ride that the Braves had. And they got over the hump. They exercised demons by beating the Dodgers the previous series in 2020. They had a 3-1 series lead. And, you know, the Dodgers sports writer Bill Plaschke are going to say, well, they didn't have Clayton Kershaw. Well, the Giants wore them out in that series before. But, you know, you make all these excuses. You have a $300 million payroll. The Dodgers were expected to win. And, I love the fact that the Braves silenced a lot of Dodger homers, a lot of people in the L.A. area that felt like the Dodgers were this super team and they're expected to win the World Series every year. Mm-hmm. The Dodgers are a good team. They 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 do have a lot of great players. Um, it's The Dodgers kind of remind me of what the Braves were in the 90s. They're just always good every year. And so now that I'm you know on the other side of that, I, I understand what everybody else felt probably about the Braves back then. They just wanted to beat them, and, I, and that's kind of how I felt. I just, like, I just want to beat the Dodgers. And it, and it was. It became a little bit more personal as a fan after what happened in 2020. Um, you were up three games to one, and we couldn't get the job done against them then. You know, I, the Braves just ran out of pitching in that series um, in 2020. Um, you know, the we can say that the Dodgers look tired. We can say that that's the series against the Giants, the division series against the Giants war, you know, took it out of them. Um, we can make excuses and, and say those things. Um, at the end of the day, you've got to, you got to produce in sports, you know, um, in football, they have the mantra, you know, next man up, you know, injuries are part of the game. I, I know Kirk Kershaw was hurt. Um, Max Scherzer was, you know, had a dead arm um, from what I understand. Uh, couldn't go in game six. Muncie got hurt. Turner was hurt. Um, so, yeah, they had injuries, and I get it. But at the same time, you know, the Braves had their share of injuries too. I mean, we we, we did we did all of this without um, one of the best players in baseball in Ronald Cunha Jr. Um, and so, you know, 
you can make excuses on each side. Um, but at the end, at the, you know, at the end of the day, you got to produce and, and the Braves had the momentum, you know, they got hot at the right time and took that momentum and ran it through the playoffs. And sometimes that's, that's what you need. Let's talk about the world series because even at this point, the sports writers were still not giving the Braves a chance. This Houston Astros team, you know, I know they had the cheating scandal, but it was in the rearview mirror. The Houston Astros had one of the best lineups in baseball, Kevin mm-hmm. Correa. They had just the swagger, and they were favorites. But going into game one, the Braves take game one. However, Charlie Morton gets injured, and now they're down their starting pitcher, their ace. Right. What was going through your mind knowing – the Braves stole game one in Houston. They got three games in Atlanta. Were you thinking in the back of your mind that, yes, the Braves can probably pull this out because the home series, the home field advantage just flipped back to Atlanta? I, I, I had confidence. I mean, it was losing Charlie was a blow for sure. Um, you know, Charlie pitched so, was pitching so well in that game. I, I think if not for the leg injury, he probably could have went six innings at least. Um, he had the Dodgers off balance, not the Dodgers, the, the Astros, excuse me, off balance. Um, he was pitching very good. And then, I mean, he pitched another, he threw another 15 or 17 pitches on that broken leg. That's just absolutely incredible. Um, you know, before he finally just couldn't do it anymore, had to come out. Um, that just shows you how, you know, his grit and determination that he wanted to be out there and keep pitching. Um, you know, it, it's kind of one of those moments it happens and you kind of, you know, we've, we've gone through so many injury problems this year. It's like, Oh, here we go again. Here's another one, right. Something else we got to overcome, but as a fan, I guess that by this point we had overcome so much. I just felt like, you know, we're, we're going to find a way to do this. It's going to be tough. You know, we're going to have to figure out, you know, game five, which is what Charlie's next start would have been. Um, but we'll, you know, we'll figure that out. And, you know, it was just good for me when, when you're playing, when you're not the, um, the team that has home field advantage in a series, seven game series, and you got to start on the road, you want to split those two first two games. That's your goal. Um, exactly. You know, you want to take one. And so the Braves did that in game one. Um, you know, it would have been great if they could have took game two because then you really could have had the momentum and the advantage. But it's, you know, you want to at least take game one or, or, or at least take one of those games, come back home for your three games where um, you have at least a tie. And that's exactly what the Braves did. Um, they came back with a tie. Um, they had played so well at home in the postseason this year. Um, it, they had not lost. They had not lost a game at home going into those three games in the World Series against the Astros. And so I felt good about them being here. I knew the place was going to be rocking. Um, first World Series games in 20 years in Atlanta. Trust Yeah, I knew that place was going to be as did, loud did you, as it could be. So. Did you go to any of the games? I did not, unfortunately. Yeah, um, those tickets were crazy. Were like standing expensive. room only, $1,000. They were. They were super expensive. Um, so I'm, I'm an A-list member. I have a partial season uh, plan. And the, when the postseason ro- ro- rolls around, they – they offer us like a full like postseason plan. It says, Hey, if you know, here's here's how much it would be for the whole invoice. And if the Braves go all the way, you know, this is how much you would pay for it. And I didn't opt into it this year. And it's not because I didn't have faith in the team. I just didn't have money <laughs> to well, do it. And least, so did you at least go to the battery and like, I did, and I, did go, I did go to the battery for game three. Um, and so I was there in the battery. So I was in the atmosphere. The place was nuts. I mean, you couldn't move inside the battery. Um, it was, it was, it was insane. In fact, I, I, I remember he reading reports, I think they had to start turning people away because the battery was at capacity. Um, so the place was just rocking, um, you know, in, in that area, in that area. And it was really exciting to have those games there. But, uh, 
but yeah, you know, I, I felt good about the Braves coming home with a one-one series or series tie, and um, you know, I felt like we could at least take two or three at home, if not all three. Um, and and that's, yeah. that's exactly what we did. We took two or three, and going back, had to go back to Houston to win one more. But I felt good about. It's like, hey, we 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 won game one in Houston. Why can't we win one of these other games in Houston? So, yeah. well, you know, my wife and I like she's she's a lifelong Braves fan. She grew up in Georgia. We were watching the World Series games on TV. And I remember I wanted the Braves to clinch it in front of their fans in game five. That mm-hmm. wasn't the case. I know Adam Duvall hit the grand slam. And then the Astros, who they have just an incredible lineup. And so hats off to the Astros. And they, their starting pitching actually came around. I was actually – I thought that the Braves had an advantage over the Astros, but they did have that game and Adam Duvall hit the grand slam. But it goes back to Houston for game six and game seven, for a potential game seven. But the Braves have a 3-2 lead. Are you confident going back to Houston? Or are what's going through your mind is, here we go again. The Braves, once again, in Atlanta, Georgia sports fashion, mm-hmm. can't hold on to the lead. Well, you know, you you want to believe that since they got it done against the Dodgers, that you, they can get it done against the Astros. You want to believe that the curse is not real. But the reality is you feel like it is still. Um and so, yeah, I mean, going in, I was I was optimistically confident um, or opt- was cautiously optimistic. Excuse me. I was cautiously optimistic that we could we could pull this off. And so going in, you know, I, I, I liked that we had Max Freed on the mound. Um, I've, I'm a huge Max Freed fan. Uh, I saw him make his debut in 2017. And the first time I ever saw that curveball, I was like, that's probably the best curveball I've ever seen in my life. Oh yeah. And um he's just good, you know. And and Max is one of those guys I've watched him pitch enough now. I can tell when he's on and I can tell when he's not. And he he did. We was a little shaky in that first inning, but something happened when he when that play at first where he got his ankle stepped on. Um at first I I mean I was holding my breath when that happened because I was I like, was oh, too no, we, here we go. Another another starting pitcher's gone um in the first inning. Um and but no, uh he came back, he was fine. And something clicked, and all of a sudden he just went into attack mode. And once, when I saw him pitching in the second inning, I knew he was on his top of his game. And when Max Fried's on the top of his game, there's nobody that's touching him. So, oh yeah, he's a warrior. Just his uh, his fire and intensity after getting out of that first inning. And then let's talk about the Jorge Soler home run, mm-hmm. which we jokingly say it landed like a week later. And it let, you know, I, I still was, think it's, I still think it's orbiting the planet. I don't think. Oh, it yeah. <laughs> I, I was, I was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. I told one of my guests, Oh, uh, we have a breaking news. Jorge Soler's home run from, from game six just landed. Uh, <laughs> so that was a towering shot. And that really flipped the momentum in that game. You know, the Braves won seven to nothing. Right. I mean, and they, they were rel- I knew when it got to to Matzik and Will Smith and let's let's not forget Luke Jackson. I know that he he took it on the chin a couple times, you know, giving up those home runs and you know, but Luke Jackson really stepped up and he was part of that rotation along with Jesse Chavez. You know, the Braves the Braves relievers. I have confidence when they have a lead and you get to the 6th, 7th, 8th, and ninth inning that they're going to get outs and I feel Tyler Matzik can get six outs if we need him to. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, Solaire's home run. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever seen a moonshot quite like that in my life. Um, he had he had hit a couple really hard hit foul balls in that in that um, at bat 
And when he hit it at first, I, I wasn't quite sure because the camera kind of delayed. So I wasn't quite sure if he got it or if he just yanked it foul. Um, and then when they showed it, I was like, oh, my goodness. I was like, that thing cleared the railroad track. It left the stadium. Um, yeah. And I was just absolutely in awe of just that man's power. You know, he's got such tremendous power, you know, and, you know, Jorge Soler, um, you know, I, I, I remember him when he came up with the Cubs, you know, he's had a up and down career. He's, he's always had mammoth power. He's just never really hit for average. Um, and his defense is a little bit, he has some liabilities in the outfield, but, um, when the Braves got him, you know, I was, I was excited about the power potential. Um, but he, you know, if anybody could do a, you know, he's Jorge Soler is not Ronald Acuna Jr., but if anybody pulled off a, a Ronald Acuna impression very well, it was Jorge Soler hitting leadoff, hitting moonshot home runs, like like what we're accustomed to seeing from Acuna sometimes. And so the, just what he did with, you know, for the Braves through the second half of the season and the playoffs, you know, when he was out for the the um, NLCS because of a COVID case, he, was, he had COVID. And so we didn't yeah. have him against the Dodgers. I think he came back in game six against the Dodgers and we used him off the bench. Um, but he, you know, he got the, he got, he was well healthy and got, got the play in the world series. And he was such a, I mean, the, the first pitch of, or well, third pitch, first at bat of the world series, he hit a home run. And, you know, that kind of really set the tone for what the Braves were there for. You know, it was, the Braves were there to win. They wouldn't, they weren't just happy to be here kind of thing. They were like, Hey, we're here to win this thing. So um, his home runs were, were, were great. Uh, and yeah, the, the, the bullpen, I mean, to have, the the confidence that you had in the we had in the bullpen in the postseason we're not used to that you know <laughs> we used to complain so many times about how the bullpen would lose blow leads and couldn't hold games and to have those guys step up the way they did you know AJ Minter he had some big innings for us um you know he you know we talked about we talked about Charlie Morton earlier you know AJ came in after Charlie's injury and covered three innings for us and kept kept the the Astros off the board. Yes. And uh, he had some, you know, he had some other good, um, you know, multi-inning relief innings in himself and pitched very, very good in that role. Uh, Luke Jackson. Yeah. You know, the Dodgers had his number and sometimes teams just do. Sometimes teams have your number and uh, the Dodgers did for Luke. But Luke was a very good part of that bullpen. And he came in against the Astros. He put those, you know, his, his struggles against the Dodgers behind him. And he pitched very well um, against the Astros. Uh, Tyler Mazik was just, you know, dominant. Um, you know, yeah, three outs, six outs, don't matter what. He probably could have got nine outs if you wanted him to. He was just that good. And and Will Smith, um, you know, Will Smith struggled a lot. Um, his saves were not exact during the season. His saves were not exactly, you know, one, two, three shutdown in- innings um, from him. Sometimes he put us through some – roller coaster of emotions trying to close out a game during the season, but he got into the world series and he was just dominant, you know, um, he didn't give up a run the entire postseason, Um, and so he was, he really locked it down when it came to, you know, when we really needed him to get those last three out. So yeah, it was a, it was a complete team effort. And um, I love the, the Luke Jackson said they started calling themselves a night shift. I love that term for the, the bullpen. So it was a, uh, they were very, very good, um, and 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 the reason why we won the World Series. Yes, the final out. Freddie Freeman gets the final out. Uh, just emotions ran, especially my wife and I were watching this game. The Braves finally do it. They they win a World Series. It was exciting. 
Um, really, Justin, man, you could host a documentary about the 2021 Braves. I'm very impressed. Um, I got to talk about the parade. Did you go to the parade? I did. I went to the parade. Uh, did was... you go to the Atlanta portion where they were driving like 45 miles an hour? No, or... I didn't go to that part. Um, I did go to the the Mary, I guess the Marietta portion when they were closer to Truist. Um, because I, I live in the Marietta Smyrna area, so I'm about 20 minutes away from the stadium. So that's I, so I went to the I went to that portion of it, saw them come in into into Truist Park. Uh, you know, we uh, I got to got tickets to go into the stadium for the post nice. parade stuff. Um, How surreal was that? That was awesome. I mean, it, the place was packed. Um, everybody's wearing World Series hats and, and beanies and and stuff. Um, the fans are super excited. Um, the players are, you know, they come out. Uh, they all kind of you know, came out with their their significant others, and uh, it was it was just a lot of fun, you know. And it was very like surreal is the best way to put it. You know, it's it's you can't believe it's happening. You know, finally. Um, you know, it's, it's happening again, especially with, with this team, you know, the, the team that struggled so much at one point during this year. And here we are celebrating a, a world championship. And so it's, it was, it was very gratifying. Um, I think it was also very healing for the city, um, you know, given yes. that how much, how much uh, disappointment we've had, um, you know, especially lately, you know, talk about, we don't, we don't, well, we don't talk about Super Bowl 51, but it does come up. Um and the national championship game in 2017, we lost uh, Georgia, lost oh. to Alabama, and so yeah, you talk about heartbreaking. Yeah, you talk about some of those heartbreaks, right? And and then the, even just you know the three we talked about the three one um, blown lead against the Dodgers in 2020, and so to finally do it, to finally bring the city another championship, um, it was very very healing, I think, for us, and and just exciting. Um, and it's you know Atlanta's Atlanta's fans get a bad rap as being not very good sports fans from maybe national media or national attention, but that couldn't be further from the truth. Um, no, we, we love our players. We love Absolutely. our fans. And Braves country is loyal. You know, we're loyal to our players and we embrace them. You know, I mean, you know, Jock Peterson starts wearing pearls and then half the city starts wearing pearls. I mean, come on. It's that's what, that's what we do here. We embrace our players. And so to do it with this team, it was it was gratifying um, to see Freddie get a ring finally after going through the rebuild with the Braves, sticking through the hard times, um, and, and to finally get his ring that he's been wanting. That was gratifying, and, and even for and Brian Snicker too. Um, the man's been with the Braves for forty years. He's done everything they've ever asked him to do, and he you know he got a shot at being the, the big league manager in twenty sixteen on the interim basis, and they dropped the interim label, and he became the the manager and um, there were times we didn't know if he was going to come back <laughs> and yeah, you know, but for him to finally get to be a world series manager, you know, it, that's something that'll always be attached to his name going forward. And so it's, it's just, it was great. It was great to see that, um, you know, and I, you know, I, I admit, you know, I got some tears in my eyes when we won the world series. So. All right. So let's fast forward a month later. The mm-hmm. lockout starts December 1st. I know the priority. In fact, Dansby Swanson said it in the parade. We got to sign Freddie Freeman. I, right. that, I know that was the number one priority, but nothing could happen until the collective bargaining agreement. And when, as soon as we had baseball back again, I tweeted it as the Braves have to sign Freddie. Do you feel that they tried to get a deal done with Freddie? Cause now he's wearing Dodger blue. He's has, got a six year contract. What was going through your mind when they actually made that blockbuster trade to get all-star first baseman Matt Olson? So, yeah, I, I do believe the Braves made every effort to try to sign Freddie Freeman. Um, 
I, I, as a fan, think that this should have been done probably two years ago. They should have been talking about an extension before now. Um, but I do think they made an effort. I, I, I think what got them from trying to get this done maybe even last year before the 2021 season was the um, pandemic. Uh, that's shortened 2020 season. The fact that the baseball owners lost so much money that year because they didn't have fans in the stands, couldn't sell concessions and things. And um, I I think that the Braves even reduced their payroll going into 2021. Uh, Liberty media didn't want to, you know, they just, they took, they were, they took some losses. And so they had to reduce some payroll, at least initially, you know, they didn't know how 2021 was going to go. We we all didn't really know how 2021 was going to go with the, with the pandemic. Were we going to be able to have a full season? Was there going to be a stoppage at some point? Could we actually get 100% attendance back in the parks? And so there was a lot of question marks going in, and I just don't think the money was – or the, the maybe the money may have been there, but just the, the willing to make a commitment at that time was there to get Freddie extended before the 2021 season. And I do think they wanted him back. Um, I mean, Freddie is such a was such a cornerstone to this organization. Um, he meant a lot to to Braves country, and I, I think they wanted to get to bring him back. Um, but there's a lot of factors. You know, the, the business of baseball is brutal, and it's something that we as fans don't like to hear, don't like to think about. But we have to acknowledge the reality is that baseball is a business. And there's certain things you got to think about when signing players to long-term contracts. Freddie's 32 years old. He's going to be 33 later this year. Um, a six-year deal is going to take him close to 40. And, you know, when you start looking at the track record of first basemen, um, some of the past, previous ones like uh, Miguel Cabrera, when they start getting into their mid, late 30s, their production declines. They're not as, you know, um, their defense is not as good. And there's things you got to think about. And those things are, do you, you know, if, if Freddie's production declined and he had to, you know, become a DH later in his career, do you still want to pay him 27, 28, $29 million a season for two or three years until his contract's up, you know, and what that, what is that going to do to the payroll and your ability to keep some of the other young stars you got like Max Freed and Mike Soroka and Austin Riley and um, Dansby Swanson and some of these other players, um, and so there, there's a lot of things that go into it. You know, Alex has a tough job. Yes. Um, I don't envy it at all. <laughs> not, not one bit. And I, I think, you know, the lock and the lockout obviously played a big deal into all this. This was such a weird off season. Um, the, you know, the Braves had a month basically to try to negotiate with them. Then the lockout hit and we didn't have any, you know, couldn't do anything or talk about anything for two, two, three months. Um, and then when the lockout finally lifted, you know, free agency, we knew was, was going to be crazy, um, with spring, especially with spring training starting this week. They're going to start playing games tomorrow. So, yeah, it was it had to move. You know, things had to move quickly. And Alex had holes to fill in the roster. You know, we needed outfielders. Um, we needed a first baseman. We needed pitching. And, you know, the Braves, I think, negotiated with Freddie in good faith. They had an offer on the table for him. And, you know, it. Freddie was just, you know, he, he had a lot to think about in the Braves you know, reached a point where they said we can't wait any longer on this. And the the deal came together for Matt Olson. And as far as my thoughts on it, Matt Olson's a great player. Um I I didn't know a whole lot about him before. Um I didn't, you know, being being an East Coast guy, I don't watch a lot of West Coast baseball just because it's so late when, when you when yeah. you play. Um but I heard the name Matt Olson. Fan, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've I've heard the name Matt Olson. He was an all-star last year. Um he's you know, he puts up great numbers. He's young. Yeah, he's 39 home years. runs. Yeah, 39 home runs is nothing to sneeze at, that's for sure. 
Um, and he's, you know, and plus he's Atlanta, he's an Atlanta guy, you know, he went to Parkview high school, you know, he's from the area. So he's familiar with this. Um, and it just, you know, it made a lot of sense, you know, from a, from a, just a, you know, you take the emotion out of it and being that you're replacing an icon like Freddie Freeman. And it makes a lot of sense to make this trade and go get him and then to sign him to the, the eight year extension that they did. Um, it was a, um, it was a, it was a smart move, a smart baseball move, honestly, um, for that um, to make that trade. And the Braves gave up um, a lot of good young players to 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 make this trade happen. Yes, and let's talk about the the reups because they did get reigning NLS MVP Eddie Rosario. It's good to have him back. Unfortunately, bad news for you, Justin, but good news for me, Jock Peterson. <laughs> is now with the San Francisco Giants. I might have to be rocking those orange and black pearls. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I saw that last night. I was I was disappointed, a little disappointed. I like Jock a lot. Um, I, I really like the swagger he brought to the team. Um, his interviews are hilarious. And so I, I was I, – I, I wanted him back. Um, I, I had a feeling it wasn't going to happen. Jock wants to be in a situation where he can have a little more playing time. Uh, the Braves outfield, you know, especially after they brought back Rosario is now a little crowded. And so I, I get it and I understand, you know, he wants to play and I, I want, you know, he should get to play. He's a good player. And uh, so you guys, the Giants got a good one. Um, he's going to bring a lot to the clubhouse. He's got a lot of pop. And uh, so, yeah, definitely uh, rock those those orange and black pearls if he if he sports them um, at games next year for sure. But um, but yeah, Rosario's I I, I really I. I knew Rosario a little bit um, from his time in, when he was um, in, uh, I think it was Minnesota, where he yes, played. Minnesota. And, yeah, Minnesota. And so I, you know, I seen him a little bit there. Uh, and so getting him when, when we made that trade, I was like, okay, you know, Ray Rosario's a good player. And but I didn't realize quite how good he was until we got you get to see him play every day. And he was awesome. He brought a lot of energy to the clubhouse too. Um, he's just a sneaky good hitter. You know, he, he doesn't try to do too much. He's a very he's a contact hitter for the most part, but he's got, he's got some pop in that bat. And so having him back, I was excited to see him come back um, to the Braves. Uh, you know, the, the other additions so far we made um, getting some bullpen help. Uh, Colin getting, McHugh. Colin McHugh. Thank you. Uh, I'm blanking on the name. Yeah. Colin McHugh is a, uh, uh, he was, you know, he pitched for the Astros. He was part of that World Series team in 2017, I believe. And uh, he's, you know, he's made the transition to the bullpen from being a starter now. But, you know, he's pitched very well there. And that's, you know, you can't have enough pitching on a team, especially with a long 162-game season. So having him there, you know, to help the bullpen out. And, you know, I think they they made some other uh, small additions. They got um, Thornburg as well, uh, signed him to like a minor league deal as well as um, Dickerson, Alex Dickerson, as well as an outfield, um, maybe a bench bat have off the bench. And so it's – Oh, yeah. A- Alex Dickerson, he played for the Giants. Yes, he did. Yeah, so we, we swapped players. We got Dickerson. Yeah, we got there Peterson. you go. And so, yeah, and so, yeah, we've got, you know, you know, the team's starting to round out now. Alex is starting to make moves now that he's got first base, you know, settled on and, and everything. So, so yeah, it's a um, – it's coming together. Um, I'm just glad the lockout's over. I'm glad we're yes, able me to too. talk about baseball now and we're actually getting excited. And I'm, I'm excited we're actually going to be able to play 162. You know, those those first six games that's gotten canceled, they'll they'll get made up at some point during the season, which will be which will be fun. We're going to have a full season. Justin, before we close, I got to ask you the question. With the Braves in 2022, will they run it back? I mean, I have all the confidence in the world they can run it back. They've got a good team. Uh, they've replaced, you know, Freddie Freeman's gone. Uh, so there's going to be some, some leadership roles that'll have to change in that clubhouse. 
Um, but they've, you know, from, from a production standpoint, getting a player like Matt Olson is is great. Um, he's going to fit right in the middle of that lineup. Um, getting Ronald Acuna Jr. back is going to be phenomenal. I think he'll be back probably sometime in May if everything continues to go well for him. And uh, so having, you know, having that, uh, the, the rotation will be good. Charlie's, you know, is back for another year. Um, Max Freed, hopefully we'll get Mike Soroka. I think the timetable for him is around July. Yes. Um, before he comes back. Um, another one the Braves got too was Kirby Yates. You know, Kirby Yates is a really good reliever. He won't be back until probably about mid, mid year too. Uh, maybe July or August, but that's that's kind of the fun part about having these players. You sign these players that won't be back till midseason. They when they come back, it's almost kind of like a midseason acquisition. You know, you kind of inject a new player into the team without having to make a trade or give up anything else. And so, you, if we can get Soroka back into the rotation, you get Yates if he can return to form. You know, uh, for the second half of the season, yeah, I have all the confidence in the world this team can run it back that we can go and try to repeat and be uh, world champions again. We haven't had a repeat champion in over 20 years. So it'll so. be the first uh, repeat nationally champion since the big red machine in 75 and 76. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Justin, I, I really appreciate you being on the podcast. I, I got to tell you, I would love to get you back on the podcast, man. We got to go down a rabbit hole and talk about Georgia football, but that's a brand new podcast for another time. But I, I got to tell you, I'm really looking forward to this baseball season, and I will see you out of the ballpark June the 20th. You know what's significant about that date, Justin? Is the Giants in town? Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I marked it on my calendar. I try to go to as many Giants-Braves games as I can. I was at the 2010 NLDS game, Bobby Cox's last game, where the Giants got out of the dugout and they clapped for him. A very class act by the Giants. And yes, I'm not trying to brag. They did go on to win the World Series that year. <laughs> they did. Yeah, yeah. You guys had a nice little run there. You know, every what was it? The uh, odd or even, even years, right? Y'all even years, yeah. Even years. Yeah, it's uh, – well, this year's an even year, so we'll have to see if uh, that even year magic comes back for you guys. Hopefully hopefully not. Hopefully we can we can do it again. But And, and hopefully the Giants can play the Braves in the playoffs. Yeah, that would be that would be fun, man. That would be fun. Well, once again, uh, Justin, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, uh, come back again, and then let's talk some more, uh, not just Braves, but uh, Georgia sports, period. I, I appreciate you having me on. Anytime you want to have me on, I'm, 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 I'll be happy to do it, and I'll, I, we can talk about sports for hours, man. Uh, Georgia, Braves, it doesn't matter. So, yeah. Uh, Hawks, me Atlanta on. United. Atlanta United, yeah, absolutely. Falcons. Anyway, <laughs> that, that was Justin Dale, a guest on the Sports Beat. Thank you, everybody, for listening to my podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe to my Facebook channel. And also, we are on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia. Stay tuned for tomorrow's show. Have a great day, everybody. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been the Sports Beat with your host, Richard Holdreth. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.